Today's podcast is brought to you by Old Smokes Coffee. Today, I am drinking the Skittish Whitetail. This is the light roast, a conventional blend by our friends at Old Smokes Coffee. Light roast means more caffeine, and that's the way I like it. So check out oldsmokescoffee.com and use promo code NONTYPICAL for a discount. This podcast is brought to you by Smith Game Calls. Turkey season and spring bear is creeping up. And if you need those predator calls or those turkey read mouth calls, you're going to go to Smith Game Calls. They've got you covered. Go to smithgamecalls.ca, use promo code NONTYPICAL for 15% off. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Tacticam. Check out tacticam.com. Um, it's super cool on their webpage. They actually have a hunter package, a fish package. And what this is, this will give you all the accessories you need to go out in the field or to go out in the boat and record your own experiences. Whether you're hunting or fishing, um, they're going to supply all the attachments at one price with the cameras. And uh, yeah, super high quality cameras, guys. Check them out at tacticam.com and uh, thank us later. T-Rex Knives, local and handcrafted knives built right here in Alberta, Canada. Our hunting knives, fillet knives, and kitchen knives here at the T-Rex shop are custom built for each individual. We take great pride in our craftsmanship and produce an outstanding product made from high quality steel and finished with your choice of a large selection of handle material. Find us at Trax Knives on Instagram or Facebook or on the web at www.traxknives.com or contact Joe at 780-831-5273 or by email at tracksknives at gmail.com to place your custom order from the T-Rex shop. You will not be disappointed. This is the Non-Typical Nation Podcast with your hosts, Brody Teal and Eric Labrie. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. Lights, camera, and action, guys. This is our first ever podcast that we are fully recording with uh, the video cameras and the cameras. And uh, we're hoping to put this one up online for you guys to watch it. So enjoy the podcast. And we're trying to do more of a visual experience with our podcast going forward here, um, you know, something a little bit different and, uh, you know, we're just trying to have fun with things and keep, uh, exploring new avenues with, uh, with this new sort of passion we've discovered. Yeah. Forgive us. Cause we do have the faces for radio. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that because, uh, I was going to let it be, but you had to throw that in there. So <laughs> being honest. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've got Manny Schneider again with us today, guys. We had you on here, what was it, two weeks ago or something? Three weeks ago, roughly, Three weeks yeah. ago, man. Yeah, time just, you know, <laughs> what is time nowadays? Yeah, exactly. Um, three weeks ago, and when we recorded that podcast... Well, when we did that podcast, but forgot to hit record... That's what I was going to say. We, we didn't actually record it. So I didn't hit the record button twice. I hit it once, and... Um, we were, yeah. we were on standby for an hour and a half. We were. We were. But we still ended up piecing that one together with some of the audio from the camcorders. And it actually sounded sounded pretty good. Yeah, I it was, took, took some doctoring, but it worked out all right. Yeah, Yeah, I'd imagine it took a little bit of work to get that one together. We Yeah, I spent a little bit patching it together, taking clips from each camera. when We had we had a camera die in the middle of that podcast, yeah. too. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was... The content was worth 
fixing up. For sure. And so we've always recorded our podcasts. We've never done anything with the video um, of it. But um, yeah, going forward, we're actually going to edit these and, and throw them up on YouTube and uh, see if we can get them on Spotify as well. I know there's a way to get some video up on there. So that would be neat. Um, but yeah, no, let's, let's, you know, chat about you, Manny. You've had a long day, a cold day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, both you guys are on what, your 17th hour today or it's been 18th a long hour? Day. Yeah. You, you've had a longer day than I have, though. We're up roughly about six in the morning there. Is Went and sat in the wolf blind. So this was the second time that I uh, was up in the area. Just sit the sit the blind. Yeah. So last time you yeah, were in, that was, was uh, your first sort of stretch. Yeah. So three weeks ago, went and sat uh, sat in the blind there for two days, and uh, it was pretty crisp. Yeah. Yeah. You and came in the coldest, well, the second yeah. coldest week of the year, I think. It was for a sure. Pretty good cold snap, and. There wasn't anything on day one other than Eric got charged by Cal Moose. So he, he kind of escorted me up there and on his after dropping me off on his way back, I think it was. Oh, I didn't there hear was, about that. There was that. a Cal Moose there? on the trail. Yeah, so... Um, I might have. Yeah, sure. so this was... Wow, this was a month, almost a month ago already. Yeah, time is sort of whack right it's now. It's just a warp, man. Um, so yeah, a couple days before you came... I had ran into the same cow and calf, actually two calves. It's a cow with twins. And uh, she was hanging out. It was really cold that week. And there there was a creek that had just opened up right at the bridge. And so I'd ran into her a couple of times when I was crossing the bridge over the one creek. And uh, she's kind of like pretty standoffish, like not spooky, sort yeah. of protecting her calves. And I think my sled, my little sled, um, just... It doesn't make a ton of noise. It's definitely not intimidating. Mm-hmm. It's got a little tiny pot light on the front. And uh, I'm usually traveling like kind of the dim hours, whether it's in the morning or the, the evening. Yeah. And uh, I kind of had a couple standoffs with her like once or twice before Manny came. And then, uh, yeah, I think it was the first night. I think I was going to get you in the evening was when I actually got charged by her. Really? And I was headed out there and it was dark. Um, yeah, because on our way back when we were together, she was back on. She that was still trail. on the road. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, so I went. I was I was gonna meet Manny, and I, I told him like, you know, I, it was really cold, so I wanted to go out there just in case he had problems starting his sled or anything, right? And so I was halfway, basically halfway to the blind, and uh, got to where this this cow was standing on the road. I could see two calves run off into the bush. And it's pitch black, and I can see her standing there. And then she just, instead of, like, turning and sort of trotting into the tree line like they normally would, she just squared up with me. And I'm facing uphill. i am got the low ground. She's definitely got the high ground. And she's about 20 yards from me, just, like, nose down, staring at me. And so I stand up on the sled and wave my arms and yell, and I'm not packing a gun or anything. Yeah. The sled doesn't have reverse. So I know that if she comes, like you're bailing. <laughs> yeah, I basically gotta like bop and weave and then get it somewhere else. Um, really narrow, super narrow road, lots of snow. And so I start, you know, giving a little bit of throttle, and she just starts swinging her head back and forth, kind of like a horse does when it doesn't like what's going on. And so I'm like, uh oh, this is just getting better and better. Get a little bit closer, she starts coming towards me, and like picks up. And so I was already moving the sled at the time, so I just punched the throttle 
and sort of my plan, I guess, was to like juke her, like go left and then go big right. And uh, when I slammed the throttle, she just put all four brakes on and like backpedaled and <laughs> and oh. went off the road. But I met Manny like I was still like heart jumping out of my chest, yeah, yeah, went yeah. around the corner and there he is coming up the road. And so we stopped. I turned around, like ha- took a moment. And then I was like, <laughs> I just got charged by a freaking moose. And then we turned around and she was right there still. Yeah. Well, you know what? So she's living in, you know, wolf country. She There's wolves everywhere around there. Oh, yeah. So there's, she there's... knows she has to do whatever she can mm-hmm. to make sure those calves and her survive. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, she has two calves. So she's been doing all right or whatever she's been doing is, is correct. Well, because she made it through the, the worst part of the winter already. She made already. it through the worst part, right? And, um, and she's, you know, obviously evaded the wolves for this long and uh, hunters and everything else. So, um, you know, that probably wasn't her first time she was in the standoff. And funny thing is, so that was three weekends ago. Two weekends ago, I was cougar hunting. And so we go early in the morning. I think I was out there at like 5 a.m. And similar situation, I turned on a road and there was a, a bull moose. Or yeah, bull moose. It had, or was it a cow? I have video of it. I'm actually going to show a video. So the people who are watching this, <laughs> I'm going to explain this and I'm going to show you guys a video of the, the moose that was on the road. Anyways, I'm driving down the road and I see fresh tracks because that's what we're looking for, right? And I see moose tracks all over the place. They go up in the ditch, eat the willows, come back down, turn the corner, and there's this moose right on the road. So I've got my lights on, got my big my big light bar on. The moose sees me and similar thing, it came right towards me. Mm-hmm. It probably came to 20 yards away from me. And uh, so I'm recording this whole thing with the camera and then it went down in the ditch and and carried on. But um, it's crazy how when you have those big lights, it almost stuns them, right? Yeah. And they don't they don't think normally. Like they don't, you know, if it's three in the afternoon or or six in the evening, if they see a vehicle turn the corner, they're gone. Mm-hmm. But it's something about the lights. It just blinds them, right? It blinds they're, them. Yeah. And so this moose, it came towards me. Like it covered probably 15, 20 yards to come towards me. And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to throw that video up right now. So if you guys are watching, you'll see that. And if you aren't watching, well... Check out our YouTube channel because uh, these podcasts are going to be more visual. We're going to add some videos throughout the podcast. But um, yeah, it was a super cool experience. And I actually seen a couple more that morning, um, just out early morning. Those moose are feeding. And uh, yeah, you know, they're very, they stand their ground and they're territorial. Well, they don't go far this time of year either. Like, no, I've ran into that same cow that charged me twice since and actually... Three days after you left, I went to pull the blind down and uh, I was coming back and I sh- really should have like a GoPro or Tacticam on me when I'm sledding. Um, this moose, and I was in my own little world. It was middle of the day, like it was on a Saturday. Nice yeah. day. Weather was great. I was in my own little world, like humming away, skidooing, just cruising down the road. And I got to that exact same spot where the two bridges are and this moose is hanging out and this cow come flying out of the woods. I don't know if she's just standing on the tree line. I didn't see her. Broad daylight. She comes flying out of the woods and like is about to sideswipe me on my sled. Wow. And I'm going like, I don't know, 35, 40, yeah, like yeah. too fast. I can't hit the brakes. And if I stuck my leg out, but if I had stuck my arm out, I probably could have punched her in the shoulder. Really? 
Yeah, like she was she, and then she just like Holy turned. Smokes, she man. came to the left, or the right side of my sled, and I went left with the sled, stuck my leg out, and but if I had just like reached out, I probably could have punched her in the shoulder. Holy wow. shit! And then she just took off, went back into the bush, and at that time I had to like stop, take my helmet off, regather <laughs> myself because it happened, and I was just and singing sorry, away. When did this happen again? This was like this would have been two or three days right after Manny left. Okay, so a couple three weeks, weeks ago. ago. Three weeks oh, ago. When yeah, you yeah. went yeah. kind of. And I went to go. I went to go pull the blind yeah, out yeah, yeah, and yeah. gather up my gear, and yeah, I was just. It was like a Saturday, beautiful day, yeah. and I was just la la la. So have you run seen over. those so moves? On that second day, so the second day I was uh, there wasn't much action for wolves either. But there's tracks everywhere for sure. Like yeah, it's um, so they're old logging roads. Yeah, where we're going up, eh? And there's there's cut lines and and Y's in the road and stuff like that and these old cut blocks. So that's where we got the blind set up is just in this wide open cut block, and there's wolf tracks all over the place. They're around for sure, but then the second day, it was uh, right at last light. I was howling, let out a howl, and I heard them just probably about two kilometers to the west of me. Oh, okay. They started howling back. So I was like, all right, it's showtime now, yeah. right? So I, you know, staying still and being quiet. And then I waited about 20 minutes later, I heard more howling coming from behind me. So they're starting to do this big loop around me. I guess they're, you know, that's what wolves do. Yeah. They're going to do a big circle. For sure. See if they can pick up any kind of scent, find out what's going on. And then uh, by then it was too dark. So I got packed up, started heading back to the sled. And then uh, when I got back to the sled, there was tracks that crossed the road. right oh, where, no Pretty way. much right where the sled was parked. And then... Uh, Fired up the sled and then went and met up with Eric and there was a bunch of tracks down there too. It was yeah, a wow. between pack. Yeah, I, I sort of got to the edge of the cut blocks, and then from that tree line, there's about another kilometer and a half stretch yeah. to where Manny would park his sled. Yeah. So I told him, I said, I won't come into the cut block. I'll just wait for you. Mm-hmm. Let's see if you have any problems. And uh, yeah, the, the whole like when he met me, I went into the cut block to turn around, and the whole area wow. from the morning was just covered and. They had yeah. just totally circled them. <laughs> Holy smoke. So when you were walking back after you had finished howling, were they consistently howling? No. no. They only howled twice. And okay. then, yeah, they howled like a minute after I howled at yeah. them. Then they were covered ground. Yeah. Then they started covering ground. And then, yeah, like, you know, a little little time went by and they howled again. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, did you do any calling or howling or anything like that today? Today I did, yeah. I Twice in the morning, uh, didn't get any response. When we got there first thing this morning, though, there was there was there was two wolves. I think it was two sets of tracks that there, were yeah. probably only a couple hours old. Oh, Not wow. even. It had to have been less than probably right around an hour old, yeah, okay. just because it was snowing so heavy last night. And where were they? In it the was still snowing this morning. Yeah, it was still snowing a bit. Yeah, it was. They were. It. They were yeah. ten, fifteen yards from the blind. Yeah. Or, so it like the tracks kind of went from the the dirt road and went up on the hill into the cut block and then kind of veered a bit, went right past the blind and then started heading down the hill towards the bait. Yeah. Wow. So they're not spooked by the blind sitting there, which is a good thing. Yeah. Unreal, man. Unreal. And so, uh, how many more days are you hunting for? Are you hunting tomorrow? 
Uh, I might go tomorrow evening. Yeah. But we'll see. I got a new toy, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're playing with your Well, share toy. that with us. Yeah, you guys went on a little adventure uh, yeah. down south. I think we spoke a little bit about it briefly on the last podcast. But, uh, yeah, share that yeah, with us. Yeah, so we're looking to kind of expand our, our adventures here, our hunting adventures into the mountains. So I picked up a horse last week. Yeah, you open up a whole new chapter yeah, of what you can do. We're, we're going to be able to get quite a ways back there now. You do make it It'll sound nice. easy, though. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I picked up a horse last yeah. week. <laughs> well, and I've got a couple of clients who are big sheep hunters, and they, you know, consistently kill sheep. And the biggest thing they say is, you know, go four or five days early and just go as fucking yeah. far as your horses can yeah. go. Get a Honestly, long ways back. I don't even get to ride the horse if I can just walk the horse yeah. out there with yeah. all my weight on oh, it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, you can just to carry your gear out at the very least yeah yeah like yeah. if you shoot something you're coming out over 100 pounds on your back yeah yeah so you can go that much further yeah. yourself yeah exactly right on so um you know tell us about the horse is it uh has it been to the mountains before is it young is it old yeah so um, i kind of um we got a family friend that uh breeds horses but they're out in ontario yeah so I contacted him. I said, um, I'm looking for a horse. You know anybody? He says, yeah, I got a contact out in Alberta. I'll make a few calls. And uh, it was probably about a you know, week went by. I was doing a lot of window shopping on Facebook. Yeah. Marketplace and stuff. <laughs> Marketplace is bad <laughs> for that, eh? And uh, yeah, there's a few horse pages and stuff. So we're just doing a lot of window shopping. And I get a phone call then about a week later. He says, hey, I heard you're looking for a horse. I'm like I am. What do you got? So they uh, they had going on a seven. I think it's a mare. It's a quarter horse mare. Yeah, okay. going on a seven years old. She's uh fifteen point four hands, I believe it was. And she said, "Yeah, the horses grew up moose hunting in the mountains. Wow, it's been shot trained, and no blood way. doesn't bother her. And yeah, you know, a real nice, gentle horse. Said, awesome. Yeah, packed camp a few times yeah. for them." That's awesome, yeah. man. Well broke. So that was a that was a ten hour drive. Yeah, the was, only hitch was definitely well worth, worth it, man. <laughs> yeah, you can't the, really ask much it. more than that. The only yeah. hitch was that it was ten hours away, but <laughs> we thought we were getting a smoking deal before we left. And yeah, just the closer and closer we got, and then when we finally met the horse, yeah, it was just that much more than what we expected. Yeah, she's amazing. Nice wow. easy to ride too. I don't think we're gonna have too many issues. No. So is there a certain type of breed of horse that you want for, for hunting and mountain hunting in particular? Well, mountain hunting, like a lot of guys, at least in my experience, like, the well, best horse. horse yeah, you want, you know, it, you want big bone, strong, shorter. Okay. Like, it's easy to think that you want a huge, big-ass horse to take to the mountains. But if you're packing on it, you don't want to be throwing... 60 pound pack boxes up over your head eight feet high seven yeah. feet you'd, you'd high. rather be throwing them at your chest level for and sure. being able to put your stuff on top of the horse and then ride that horse is not a chore yeah you know getting up and all, up and down off of it all the time so shorter stocky horses um i know up north a lot of guys will use draft cross horses so they're like a draft style a draft breed of horse cross with a quarter horse Something like that. So they have really big bones, but they're sort of a shorter, yeah. stockier horse. Strong feet. Quarter um, horse is pretty popular though, around Alberta. Yeah, the American quarter horses, they're just, they're like the most common kind yeah. of deal. They're sort of the generic horse. Oh, okay. And uh, 
you know, any horse can make a good mountain horse. It's most of it's in the horse's head. Yeah. 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 So you've got a couple horses. We've got a couple. And yeah. so what do you have for a horse or what do you so we, bring in? We have, I only have one right now that, that is going to go anywhere. Um, the other guy, he needs some work yet. <laughs> he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a shit show right now, but, uh. Yeah, he's just full of piss and vinegar. But the, yeah. the, the girl, Stella, our little girl, she's just a little tiny quarter horse cross with something, some kind of mutt. And uh, she's just, we got super lucky with her. We we got her almost a year ago, and we just, same thing, found her on some old, like, couple-month-old Kijiji ad. Um, just thought, hey, you know, what the heck, we'll just get a hold of this person, yeah. see if this horse is still available. <clears throat> super cheap um small horse you know katie wanted something small to start out with something that wasn't gonna be too much for her and so yeah we get a hold of this lady we go down there see this horse and uh you know she's like yeah it's you know i put a kid on it once in a while but it's not really broke you know it's and the feet are terrible it's her farm is a swamp and uh so the horse is nice looking horse great great head on her and everything from what we can tell so we yeah, pick her up yeah. we bring her home um she had a lot of problems with her feet all of last year oh okay um just because she lived in such a wet wet farm for so long yeah she's about six years old so she's not she's not old either like she's still on the younger side as far as we know she's never had any babies um i got on her last summer and found out that she was trained by a professional of, of someone yeah, yeah some some type of professional so you don't know her her history very much no so the done. horses that i have are what you would call grade or appendix which is just means there's no paperwork they were bred by something that didn't have paperwork yeah and uh they're just like a mutt right yeah. that you know you can yeah. still tell what the breed is you can tell usually what what's what they're made of yeah um like our guy leroy he's a paint he's He's, that's just what he is, um, but he doesn't have any papers. See, Manny's horse, she has a birth certificate, which is a registered, she's a quarter horse, so it's AQHA, Alberta Quarter Horse Association, and uh, you should be able to track her lineage back, yeah, I don't even know. Show, the papers show all the way back to 1978. And then you should be able to look really? up, yeah. should be able to look up the grandparents' papers. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to, which is pretty cool. And yeah. so, what's the lifespan of a horse? Like, how long are you? The working someone... working lifespan is about twenty years. Really? So they'll live to That's be thirty. Crazy, like thirty is a pretty old horse. Yeah. Average about twenty twenty five. Once it gets to be about that in those twenties, yeah. depending on the body and just what what kind of miles it's had on yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had twenty year old horses up in the Yukon. Really. That we were still using. Yeah, old horses, but. The, you know, they're usually the ones that clients get to ride, and they're just so many miles, so they weathered. They're not leading the pack necessarily, but they could, but they're yeah. just so calm. They're what yeah. you would call like something that's bomb proof, <laughs> right? I was actually telling you a story. One of the most amazing things I ever saw, probably in my life, really turned my mind around about horses. It was the first time I was up in the Yukon, and we were packing into a camp, and there was 22 of us. Or no, sorry, there was 17 of us and like 27 horses, something like that. There's a whole bunch of us. And we're going to open up this outfitter's camp. And uh, his kid was with us, and he was 12 or 13 at the time. 
And he had his own horse. It is special. Okay. His own special yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah, for his sure. horse. Nobody else gets to ride yeah. Thomas's horse. Okay. <laughs> and he's this fancy, I don't know what he was. He was a paint cross of some kind. Older horse. I think he was this, I think he was the same age as the kid. I think they got the horse for okay, the kid when he was born. So his horse, he was sort of bugging, teasing us, all us guys about it when we we're out there. And you know, he's a he was a young kid sort of showing off to all the boys when we were out there. And it, it was good fun, but one day we were, we were walking down this steep, mossy side of a, I don't know, I guess it was a river valley, and we're going through these dead, big, dead standing trees, and all of our pack horses, because we had a big group, they were all just loose. Oh, okay. So we just, because we'd, we'd put like three pack horses between each rider, so then yeah. you'd just wrangle your pack horses if they got out of line. And one of the pack horses spooked as we were going down this zigzag around these dead standing trees, and it hit a big dead standing tree. It was hollow and broken off about, I don't know, 20 feet up. Hit it with the pack box, and it started slowly falling. And the kid was right right beside the tree on his horse. And so two of us were standing behind him with a couple horses between us, yeah. started yelling at the kid to bail off the horse. So he bails, literally, like, just slides off the saddle, crawls, like, falls under the belly of the horse. And that whole tree fell on the saddle seat of the horse. That horse never took a step, Holy never shook his shit. head. <laughs> he saw that kid was laying under between his feet, and he never moved. He never wow. moved till we cut, pulled the tree off the horse. Unreal. Meanwhile, ho- pack horses are freaking out. Yeah. Rodeo style. Some of the riding horses were having a shit show. Yeah. That's and the kind of horse you want, though. No yeah, care no in the world. Doubt, yeah. Man. That kid could like walk up behind that horse and climb up his tail onto his butt really? onto his saddle. Yeah, yeah, they were just best friends. I don't know if my if my horses. Is- that okay <laughs> maybe not yet maybe not she's, yet she's pretty chill though but it's yeah. it's really amazing just how smart they are yeah for sure and there's that's sort of the the i don't know the necessary eagle evil of, of horses they're smart so smart they can be freaking stupid yeah like they can be i don't know it's 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 hard to explain. Well, you gotta love she's them. Being patient with me, anyways. I'm definitely no expert. I mean, I I grew up around horses, but never had an interest in them. Yeah. Never really ridden them, other than you know your tours, horseback sure. tours and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm still learning. Well, not same as me. I haven't really done any riding at all, right? And yeah. so I'm don't really have much of an interest because I haven't really experienced it or or had the opportunity to. Yeah. Um, but when you do, you sort of like you like you guys are doing, open up a whole new chapter of, of well, hunting you got, in general. You, yeah. We got pretty lucky with Lady there, you know, to be able to uh, throw your little girl on her and, and jump on her bareback and be yeah, let be let her unreal, let around by a seven year old kid. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and she's she's very forgiving, and that's that's good to have a horse For to sure. learn on that's you know gonna give you a little bit of slack. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So a, a spring bear hunt is the first hunt in order for these horses? I'm thinking so, at least pack-wise. Pack like yeah. Yeah. Well, nice thing around here is you can just go out your back door, basically, mm-hmm. into some you know, some of the hills and, and gain some elevation and, and really put well, some miles uh, on yeah. with that horse. At, at the very least, we'll be doing some stuff um, just south of the house where yeah. the wolf baits are, right? But yeah. Uh, yeah, we do have that mountain trip planned and there's no reason why we can't pack the two horses we got right now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a little mock trip, kind of go into the trails. Yeah, we're going to have to do a few camping trips for sure. around the house, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, there's not much 
not much more to be ready for. Those two horses are pretty harmless, and yeah. and they love each other. You don't so. want to head in the mountains and then you know that be our first time. Yeah, yeah, with the horses for sure. And you're trying to figure everything out. No, it's yeah, better to do a couple not. mock trips, get a routine down, figure yeah, everything yeah. out. Well, and ho- hone our gear a little bit too. For yeah. sure, don't need to be packing a whole bunch of extra shit we don't need. Well, it's pretty much the same. So what we usually bring yep. plus whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> you could bring a little extra yeah. in now with the horses. <laughs> Actually, yeah. talking about liquor, we were yes. uh, we're gonna sort of start a new tradition maybe here. Can I open this finally? Yeah, uh, go I've for been it. Itching. Okay, so, so this uh, is send me one down here too. This is so uh, yeah. What do we got going on here, Eric? These are local to Slave Lake Dog Island Brewing Company. Um, I picked up some Saints and Sinner Indian Pale Ale. And this other one is Old Town Porter. They're both Dog Island craft beer. I'll try one of them. I've never... They've been around for a few years here, and I've never tried one. I know they're a local favorite. So me personally, I'm not a huge drinker. You know, I do occasionally. But when it comes to craft beer... I can't can't say I've drank more than like two or three different craft beers. That's what I was trying to tell him earlier. <laughs> you know, so I know zero. I've made my and own I don't, beer. And I don't even know if I have the taste buds for this stuff. I usually drink like a light beer. This is but like... Uh, it looks right. dark. This well, one's really cheers. good. Yeah. yeah, cheers. There we go, guys. The first podcast we're uh, going to throw up on YouTube. And we've got <laughs> well, hopefully some we won't uh, throw Dog up, Island. But... Yeah, hopefully we won't throw up. <laughs> This is pretty good. It's, it's got like a almost like a coffee taste to it. Is it? Yeah. This one's like orange citrusy. Yeah, this is this is pretty good. So first sip, what do you got for a taste? You thinking coffee taste yeah. in this one? It's got like a bit of a coffee taste to it. I think I need a second one here. We'll see. I don't so know. That's what... that's the old town porter. Yeah. Hmm. Man, I really should get up on my my craft beer terms. You should really pick up your drinking. My terms, my drinking. <laughs> so it's it tastes like a darker beer. Yeah, there's going to be some craft guys out there right now Who going, the what are you guys are doing? Guys? Yeah. No kidding. It tastes like a darker beer. If I knew what a darker beer would taste like, I would say this is this so is. So if it. I want to sound like a professional, I would just read these numbers on yeah, the can. Yeah, for sure. It's like 74 IBUs. Definitely taste every one of those IBUs. Yeah, so what That's, we're thinking of doing IB, is... IBU is your bitterness. Oh, is that what it is? Is your scale. So this is 23 IBU. Yours is 74? So is this more bitter then? That's a big bitter. difference. I think higher the number is more bitter. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, this isn't that bitter. I think. I'm not I'm not 100%, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so what we're going to do is is get a different beer for every podcast and just explain the, the taste, the flavor, like total. <laughs> we have no idea what we're talking about, but just add some excitement to this and, and sort of break the ice for some of the podcasts. So he, he, here is a marketing line for the books. So this, this beer is called uh, Dog Island Saints and Sinners. The sinners of hot bitterness and saints of fruity citrus taste will no doubt rage a holy war in your mouth. <laughs> well, you said citrus. You're right on the money there. It's pretty good stuff, now actually. I I've got this half drunk. And half this drink, one right? is 1965 oh. Old Town Porter. As a tribute to the Old right. Town, 
1965 marked the year Slave Lake was officially incorporated as a town. Fur trade, fishing, logging, and oil were the main draws to an area that had so much potential for growth, and grow it did. Slave Lake became a hub for a lot of major oil projects north of the town. Recreational fishing and several mills still producing a variety of different products with a dark lightness hue that Porter... I said dark right on the money, man. With a dark lightness hue, the porter produces notes of chocolate and coffee. And you said coffee. We're pros, man. We're ready pros. (laughs) Finishing with a smooth with a smooth mouth feel. Man, we that was pretty good. I'm impressed. We know what we're doing. I'm impressed. (laughs) So the fur trade was huge in slave. Yes. And mink farms were a big thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And mink farms were the apparently the reason why there's no lake trout in this lake anymore. Do you know there yeah. are lake trout in this lake? No, no, no idea. Apparently, no. some big ones. Do you know what kind of fish are in this lake? No idea. <laughs> yeah, you don't seem like much pike, of a fisherman. Pike and walleye. Yeah. Well, I used to do a lot of fishing back when I lived in Ontario, so I'm originally oh, from Ontario. Oh, you're a big bass fisher, musky. Yeah, um, did a lot of salmon fishing. Oh, really? On, on the rivers and in Georgian Bay, back in Ontario. Yeah. And I moved out to Alberta when I was 18 by myself in search of work. Yeah. And pretty much just gave up fishing when I came out here. Like, I fished a little bit the first few years, and I was like, the only thing I'm catching is pike and walleye, which you can't keep unless you got a tag. So what's up there around you for, for lakes? At least you got the big up by the Fort Mac. Yeah. Um, the river there there's, isn't too there's, bad. There's one lake really close to town and uh i don't know I but think, it's not I think like it's you can, pretty polluted it's not like it's you can go hop in a boat though and like yeah yeah it's pretty easy like it's quick yeah greg, it's greg we're our lake so that's that's the big lake oh yeah close to fort mac everybody goes there wakeboarding and stuff like that yeah. and it's a it's a decent sized lake and then uh north of fort mac we got what they call six lakes so there's just lakes all over the place and you got Richardson Sand Dunes Provincial Park up there too. Oh, okay. It's kind of like a vacation vacation spot, but you can only access it with four-wheel drive like quads and side-by-sides in the summertime. And then in the winter it's it's the winter road up to Fort Chip. Oh yeah. So yeah, usually about 4 hours on quads you go up there. And there's just lakes all over the place. It's all beach sand. Yeah. Really? And wow. Yeah, the fishing's pretty good up there, but but not uh, easily accessible. Like you got it yeah. side by side. Like yeah, here, and you want to go in a group. Like, yeah, yeah. Like here, I can leave my house and be in the water in fifteen minutes. Yeah, we can walk, with a boat. Like from where we, yeah, from where we are now. Like we, the boat launch is literally a ten minute walk away. Like yeah. less than you could throw a rock to the launch. Basically, yeah. We're mounting. Uh, well, Dave is mounting a fish right now that was caught <laughs> four hundred yards across the yeah, highway. We had some customers <laughs> come in today, drop some critters off. And they were looking at the pike, and they're like, "Well, where was that caught?" And we're like, "Oh, on on the river here." Then, and what what river did they? They uh, said, "Oh, Martin River." Yeah. And we're like, "No, like the Slave River. That's literally, you know, <laughs> three hundred right yards right that way. <laughs> <laughs> like and, literally right on the bridge." <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like this lake, it doesn't produce great big fish fish consistently, like some lakes do, um, but the quantity of fish 
and even the quality too has been getting a lot better. Well, it's a, it's definitely a quality. It's always been a quality. Well, as long as Quantity, I can remember, I would say. it's always been a quality fishery. Like the fish are healthy, they're like our walleye, big, but like, they're not huge. Big walleye, but just in the last few years, we've noticed a spike in size. And yes, we think it's to do with the commercial fishing, right? Oh, for sure, man. And that's back back to the the lake trout thing. Yeah. So and and Dave claims that he mounted a fourteen pounder that came out of this lake that was netted. Really? When they did the commercial <laughs> fish. Big fish. So the guy that came in today, yeah, who had the the record. Yeah, he's got the record. He has walleye. the record for walleye. I don't know if it's been beat, but he had it, and it was I. Th- oh geez, if I say it, someone's gonna look it up. And I'm gonna be wrong. So it was either twelve or fourteen pounds, right around there, but um. Yeah, those are big walleye. But there's like, isn't there 20-pound walleye down in the States? Oh, I have no idea. I'm like sure huge yeah. walleye. There's been some big ones up north, too, caught. Yeah. Well, up there's a few lakes up north here where you can catch some big, like over 10 pounds. Yeah. But around Fort Mac, that's pretty much, we got pike, like 25-pound pike, and walleye, perch. And then if you're fishing the Athabasca River up there, you can Good. What is it? Mountain, mountain white fish. Mountain white, white fish. fish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sturgeon. I don't think is up that far. Yeah, I don't know if they'd go that far. And then they're they, in the They got Lakers and Lake Chippewan. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our closest Lakers are Peerless, I think. Eh? Yeah, and that's Cold a good lake. lake. Yeah, Cold Lake. Yeah. There's a few guys. A few guys are going to Peerless this weekend. You guys never done sturgeon fishing before? No, no, not uh, not the whole river sturgeon fishing thing. No, I'd like to do one of those. One yeah, time. my dad. That seems to, it's one thing that my dad doesn't. He's, he's crazy. The, about there's fishing. not a whole lot of stuff that really like turns his crank, but, but fishing he does, and he really wants to catch a sturgeon. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm like, why? Just to get it in the water with it and hold it and pet dinosaurs. It and then, that's what those things are. Yeah, I'd like to kill well, it. And they say you only land forty percent of. The fish that, oh, like you, you lose actually, them, like like if you hook a fish, yeah. After that fish is hooked, there's still only a forty percent chance you're gonna see. And I'm fish. scared because we heard that story from Tim. Oh yeah, about how he's like they didn't let me cast, they didn't let me do reel, they didn't let me do nothing. He's like I just took the photo. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know, and that's the thing with with some of the outfits is. Is they want you to catch fish, mm-hmm. so they're gonna cast where they want that yeah. rod, they want that line to go. They're gonna drop that line where they want it to go. They're gonna hook that fish, so there's a good chance that fish is coming. You know, you're gonna get a photo with it, because if they let some idiot like me cast that line out and hook the fish, fuck, we wouldn't catch anything in in two freaking weeks. Hook a tree before I hook yeah, a fish, exactly, <laughs> right? A fish like that gets on the line too. I might throw you over the boat for yeah. sure, man. <laughs> So if you're not used to it, or I'd love for to it. go do uh, like deep sea or like off. Yeah, of, have you ever done anything in the ocean? No, I've no. done once. Yeah, I did once too, man, and it was the freaking boat. Like we'd go down in a wave, and we'd look up, and there's a wave 15 feet over the boat, and down and up. And I actually caught a a tuna, a nice one. I got a reproduction. I'm gonna paint it <laughs> one day. I've had it for 12 freaking years. That's all I caught. A long time. Well, we went down. Did in you? Mex- we were down in Mexico. Was the bonita? Uh, I can't remember what it was called. I can't remember. We I, went, I think we, it was a bonita, but it was... Yeah. Summer off of Cancun. That's where I went, too. Yeah, and we rented this 
like it was a tour, yeah. like a guide or yeah, whatever. Yeah, we rented yeah, for the yeah. day. There was like four of us on the boat. Yeah. There was what one or two of us maybe fishing. Okay. Everybody else was just drinking. And yeah, that whole day, I think we only caught one little tuna. <laughs> yeah, we caught a few, but um, but yeah, everyone on the boat, but like three of us were just puking their guts up because it was so bad. And then we got on shore and every other boat that was coming in, there's people just barfing all over the place. And what happened was, so we booked it on, I think the second day we were there, but it was so windy that they kept postponing it day after day and they postponed it three days in a row. And then we got on to Friday and it was still super windy, but I think they just got to the point where they're like, fuck, we've postponed these guys three times. We got to make some money. Yeah. So they just opened her up and fucking everyone went out, man. And uh-huh. it was so, so windy. And I, I got the photo of me holding this fish and I just looked sick as hell too. Just super seasick. And I get seasick. Like when I'm out in the boat, we, if I'm. You get seasick here? I do. Like really? if it's, if it's really windy. Like, I'm talking, like, three-foot chops, yeah, which yeah. you'll get on yeah. this lake. Um, you know, I haven't been out in that water as of late, like, in the last couple of years. But when we used to fish a lot, um, I would occasionally. I only ever remember being seasick once, and it was on the ocean. But I've never... But I've... I mean, we've been on a boat every summer since I yeah. was a baby. Yeah. So or this lake doesn't ever bother me. I know my brother gets seasick sometimes yeah. on the boat. Like, and it's just, everybody's a little bit different. Yeah. But that choppy edge really gets some people, that motion sickness. Yeah, my dad, know, too, man. actually. My dad, really? when it's choppy, um, last year, a couple times, he was like, man, I just, it's I don't know a, if it's a it's new an thing. It's awful feeling, But man. he really, it really gets him now. And that's actually part of the reason why I sort of, I, I liked hunting so much because doesn't matter how freaking windy it is, man, or, or how shitty the weather is, I can still be out there covering ground, sitting in a blind, whatever it is. Yeah. But if you're fishing, um, you're really, you know, you, you only have so many days and you got to take advantage of those nice days because it's not fun being out there when it's 30 kilometer winds and you got four foot white caps and, you know, you don't know if you're going to make it in sometimes on this lake, we're on the far East side. So everything blows from the West, right? And it's covering, how long is the lake? Like 80K? 90, 90K? So it's covering 90K, just flat lake. So by the time it gets over here, man, it's choppy. And the valley's yeah. a wind tunnel. The valley's a wind tunnel, exactly. Yeah. And it, it gets bad fast, too. You'll have just, you know, crystal clear water. and then Yeah, like if you're fishing North Shore and it starts getting windy, yeah. you better freaking... Oh, yeah. Or Canuso's bad. We did that fishing tournament last summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, it was super windy the second day, and uh, I was in. I was driving like our, the like the safety jet boat or whatever. So I had a couple guys with me, and we were checking people's boats for fish and making sure they were, weren't drinking and stuff like yeah. that. And uh, we had to go across the, across to where everybody wanted to fish, which is all the way across. So the boat launch at Canuso, at the at the campgrounds on the south side. Everybody wanted to fish on the north side of the lake. Oh, really? But it was windy as hell. Well, I think everybody thought, well, if we go to the north side, nobody's going over there. It's yeah. super windy. And you're kind of right at the narrow, so it gets really rough. Yeah. Like big swells. But everybody had the same idea, so majority of the group was out there. So how far is that from the boat launch? Oh, it's, I don't know, it's a few K. It's four or five kilometers, so six kilometers. So is that kilometers. at the narrows? Not quite, no. Okay. Yeah. And... uh so it's a ways, and in a jet boat, 
especially on that day, it was just rough. It was just pound, 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 pound. And some of the guys actually in their uh, fancy fishing boats that aren't really made for that yeah. type of water. Um, a couple guys broke windshields. Oh, wow. A couple guys had oh. broken fiberglass just from coming back across the yeah. lake. And it's just so rough. Wow. That's the thing with a boat. Like, I'm torn to even get a new boat just because you can only, you know, use it so much. And um, it's not like a quad or a side by side. I, I look at around. fishing on this lake as like a privilege. Yeah. If it's nice out, exactly. it's like, okay, let's go. Yeah, for Don't sure. plan to go because no. there, it's just going to be windy. Yeah. It's like Lac La Biche. Same thing. Like it's, fishing's supposed to be really good in there. But I've heard as of late that choppy. fishing's been pretty <laughs> good in that lake. Yeah, um, I'm not taking my 12 foot aluminum out there. <laughs> no. Um, have you fished that lake recently? No, not recently. No. So, do they have a slot size on that lake? Uh, I have no idea. I thought I was talking to someone and they had a slot size, and it's really making a difference in the quality of fish that they're keeping they're the keeping. breeders. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's it's hard to beat um, July fishing on this lake, though. Yeah, so I find Canada Day mm. is like your prime time. Well, like when we went into that podcast. Yeah, we that recorded a podcast mid-July on or the something. Boat. And it was just, it's just nonstop. We thought we'd have some downtime to actually do a podcast. And it was just, we caught, so I had like two hours that evening. Yeah, you I'm didn't like, even tell your wife you were going fishing. No, I'm like, hey, I'm going to record a podcast. She's like, hey. So I'm like, man, I literally have like two hours. He's like, yeah, we can do it. Don't worry. <laughs> like, I'm take, He's like, no, I have to be lunch. back. <laughs> so from the time, like, we get the boat in the water and get to the spot, it took about 20 minutes from the time that boat hit the water, get the boat in, get the gear in, and get to the spot. And so we fished for probably about an hour and 20 minutes. So we could, I got, I made it home in time too. Yeah. And, uh, but she listened to it and she found out. It was <laughs> but we had caught, I think it was Busted. like 40 fish. Yeah. It was just solid. The and whole time. all solid, like three, three and a half pounders, which is great for this lake. Like really good quality fish. And it was just like hook touches the bottom fish up. Hook touches the bottom fish up. It was wow. probably the least entertaining podcast to listen to. <laughs> if someone was recording it, it would have been good. Been like great, if you had a yeah. camera map, but, uh, that's yeah, what no. I grew up fishing, though, like, and I don't know, maybe I'm lucky, but maybe, I don't know, it's just, that's that's fishing. Like, if we don't go and just slay fish, like, if you're catching, yeah. if you catch one walleye in an hour, move. Yeah. That's what I'm used to. Yeah. Maybe right? that's why I haven't been, like, sucked into it. I don't got that kind of luck. Man, this stuff is For like, sure, you, the same way, man. you fish till your hands hurt. Yeah. Like, when we were kids, my cousins used to come from the city and come fishing with my dad, and they would literally be like, Uncle, can we stop fishing? Because it's just crazy. And yeah. you, you come in July and you like go up by the island or go to North Shore and you just hit the spot right mm-hmm. with the right bait. And it's just stupid. Like And the right time too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you just like put your rod away. Cause if you're bored if you're like your hands will actually get sore. Yeah. From fishing. So we so I had never went to that spot before. I'd always heard about it. I yeah. fished on the lake a lot. I've never went to that spot till you brought me there. So we took our boat out there a few times, and once we got out there in August, there was no Nothing. boats out there. There was no fish to be caught. No fish. They're like, gone. we would spend four hours, five hours in the evening out there. There was two or three evenings we spent mm-hmm. trolling, jigging, everything. No fish. Yeah. And no boats. No one's out there. But when you're out there in, in June and July, it's you're consistently catching fish. 
Yep. Um, we we went out there a few times in after you and I had went out in uh, in July still, and, and we did pretty good. You know, I think the first time we caught 25 fish, and the second time, you know, as you get later, it's a little bit less. We were down to about a dozen, and then we went in August and nothing at all. Um, so those fish move. They move around, right? Well, and you see that in the wintertime. Like, I've, I've gone fishing, like, twice yeah. this winter because it's just not worth it. For sure. And I just, we just went fishing two days ago here and didn't catch a single fish yeah. in nine hours of fishing. It's just nothing. It's so much like work to freeze your ass six off. Six rods in the water, three of us I fishing, you have two patience. rods each. Yeah, that's what I'm getting yeah. to the point of. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Like fishing, I have no patience, but hunting, I can sit up against a tree, sit underneath a pine tree for yeah. 12 hours. Like I love fishing, but I get easily frustrated about it. Yeah. Because it's like, I feel like I should at least be able to catch a fish. Oh, I know. And when you just can't, it's like, fuck. Yeah. So I talked to quite <laughs> a few people out. who are out there, and they said last, you know, little while, it's slowing down considerably. Um, but there's sort of like a February lull where you just, it's yeah. slow fishing. But now we're into March, right? Like, we're into the second week of March right now, and it was still dead slow. Um, but as you get later on and get that tail end of the season... Um, it usually picks up again and gets to be pretty good. Well, we're getting but, to be the final stretch here too, right? We only yeah. got, she's got 20 days month. left and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Till the end of the month. And uh, cougar season ends at the end of the month too. So soon it's time yeah. to start getting the baits ready. Yeah. Everything yeah. closes for about a month and then, yeah, we're just baiting. So can you hunt wolves after that year round? Yeah. Once the big game season opens up again. So, so if bears opens, you can continue to bait for wolves. Yes. Yeah. So once uh, March is done, yeah. you can't? You, well, you turn it into a bear bait, you can. But I can't bait it. So you can bait, you can hunt wolves. Oh, so April 1st, you can start baiting for bears. Right? Yeah. 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 15 days before that. Yeah. Or no, 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 because bear season starts April 15th. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Carry on. I'm asking here? too it's many too, questions. It's too early for us here. There's too much yeah. snow here because up by us, it's April first. Is it? It might be the first. Till we don't even till, we don't even think about it though because there's still 15. four feet of freaking snow. Yeah. So actually, yeah, we've like the earliest we killed the bear was Amy's, and that was on like April twentieth or something. April eighteenth. No it was snow that year though. Because yeah. my bear two years ago, I think I shot. I shot that boar on the 2nd, April 2nd. April Holy 2nd. Shit, we had really? bears on camera April 1st, and I shot that bear no, April 2nd. No, not the one that we did the rug on. Yeah. That one? Yeah. April 2nd? Yeah. It was like the quickest hunt. How many years ago was that? Two. 2018? 2019? 2019. That's the that earliest. So was that the same year Amy shot that bear? Because there's no snow that year. So uh, last year's 2020, 2019 is when Amy yeah. so 2020, we had a ton of snow had, for a while. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. made it in early May. And we yeah, were I got a photo of him up to his fucking belly, belly button, button basically, <laughs> yeah. in snow. Yeah. So yeah. that was 2019, you killed that bear April 2nd. Yeah, we had bears on camera April 1st. They were wow. all over the beat. Wow. And so, yeah, we were... We were we hunted I think the first couple of days I think it's April fifteenth here I could be wrong it might have been the first but we were hunting like the fifteenth sixteenth seventeenth or whatever and that's when she killed her bear on the second yeah. day we were out and we had seen four grizzlies those first two days oh that's Hers right was the yeah. first black bear we seen but we'd seen a bunch of grizzly bears okay um, I know grizzlies and black bears don't get along either no 
Well, not typically, but no. up here there's so much bush that they're just co-mingling. So we, we've had grizzlies on all of our baits, but... Um, yeah, it's April 1st here. Is it? Yeah. So we noticed the the baits where we have grizzly bears consistently coming. Like we had one bait where there was a grizzly there three nights a week, mm-hmm. pretty much. And each black bear that was at that bait was extremely cautious and just sketched out. And younger ones. Yeah, we didn't not have any big, big ones. mature yeah. ones. Like almost like they. So just Tommy sat away. at that bait and he said that like he's seen the bears coming in and they looked like there was something else that owned that bait and they were just sneaking their way in right yeah um just because this grizzly that was in there was massive yeah, he was big and we'll actually throw a photo of it up right now so you guys can see that thing it's it a was big, big we have video of him on that tro- like short video of him on that trail did we, camera did we have video trail on that cam one? video okay i'll have to look and see yeah because you were running that uh geo one cam. of those geo cams yeah 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 interesting that was a big big bear that one yeah and they're such beautiful colored bears too, man. Super, super nice. Um, Have you guys ran baits in in the last two weeks of the season? In, in the in spring? For in spring? June? Yeah, in June. Yeah, we run yeah. them right till June, yeah. What do you guys find for activity then? Oh, it, it slows shuts it down. off. It just, yeah. It almost, okay. dis- it's, it's almost like you can't get There's them there. There's so much feed They'll out come for and, them. Come and steal a beaver. They're not eating the barrels. And they're, there's like breeding eh? that's the thing if you're it's a rut you're gonna catch bears that are cruising yeah yeah like you might have a sow if you have a sow that's consistently hitting it you're lucky because then you'll have a a a boar that's caught her scent somewhere yeah she'll live there yeah she'll she'll stay yeah so if she doesn't have cubs she'll stay so last year that's a good scenario 2020 so where i shot that big bear i had that big dominant bear he was kind of running that area okay after and the so I had about eight boars on this bait, wow. two sows. That's a lot of bears, man. Yeah, it's an amazing spot. We had two sows. One of them still had uh, cubs with her, but they were the previous year's cubs. And so this the boar that I shot was the dominant one in the area. There was two of them that got into a fight, and I had pictures of them scrapping on camera. And. He ended up winning the bear that I shot. So after he was kind of taken out of the picture, that sow, that big old sow with her two cubs, took over the area. And no bears would come anywhere near that bait when she was there. When and the she, sow came in? When the sow was there. Wow. So she kind of, she was running the show. And you said she was a, a big sow? Yeah, she was a big old sow. She had like the whole front of her face, everything was gray. So I'd imagine most of those boars that were around were probably her offspring. Could have been, yeah. Right? But they would not come anywhere near near the bait. And she would just lay down, sleep there like all day long, right in the middle, no care care in the world. A sow sow with cubs will dominate a bait. And let her cubs just feed. Yeah. Yeah. But the day that we shot that boar, she was there. Okay, she was so on we, the bait, and that boar came in, and she took off. So that's the video sent, that we put on on TV. Exactly, that was that episode. Yeah, and she sent her cubs up the tree and everything. That's after, actually after that boar was taken out of the picture, she didn't care anymore. Like she she took over that area. He was the only one that was kicking her butt. Then. And and uh, my friend Marty ended yeah. up sitting sitting that bait in June, the first week oh, of okay. June. And he was up in the tree stand, and the sow came in, 
and was there all day. Wow. And he said he seen boars. There was a nice cinnamon too, just circling the area, circling yep. the bait, and would not come in because that's no how way. it was. And then her cubs were climbing up the tree, checking him out, and they would not go down. He had to like smack one on the face. Wow. Holy shit. And the sow wouldn't leave the bait, yeah. wouldn't let him out of the tree stand. Holy smokes. So he had to actually fire her around in front of her. Yeah. And she backed up maybe five feet and yeah. just looked at him. Like wow. She did not care. I think I seen a full, yeah. So I seen the video of them running away. Is, did she have um, brown all around her face or was yeah, it? Yeah, it's gray? like a brownish gray. Okay, it's like she's yeah, wearing yeah, a mask yeah. almost, right? Interesting. Yeah. That's wild. So yeah, that episode, it was cool because you seen the, them scat and then the, the large mature boar come in and that's when you had killed that one. Yeah. And so yeah, we aired that, that episode on Sportsman Channel last year. So it'll be on YouTube. Um, this summer so we had to wait a year after we premiered them on uh, sportsman so it will be on youtube so people can see that and uh yeah that was a great pair you got yeah but that wasn't your biggest the biggest was the one you got in 2019 that was the biggest bodied yeah which one the, the one you guys did the one we did the rug on okay so the 2019 so this latest was biggest, one was the biggest skull was the biggest skull yeah where'd the skull go in that one uh was it it was almost 20. Was just oh, shy. really? It was just shy of 20. That's a dandy, man. Yeah. Wow. I thought it was going to be 20, over yeah, 20 it's for tough sure. To be I was 20, pretty excited, man. but it uh, ended up being a meathead. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy because we've got, we talk about it all the time here. I've got two bears down there. They're both closed mouth. The smaller one with the smaller head, the younger bear, is actually six inches longer than the older bear with the bigger head. Body-wise, yeah. Body-wise. You know, and we've had 20-inch bears or 20-and-a-half-inch skulls, and they're five-and-a-half, six feet. They're hide. And then we've had seven-foot bears with 18-and-a-half, 19-inch skulls, right? So they're just like just like humans. Some are big, you know, some are tall, some are short, some are fat, and, you know, some are lean, and it's they're, they're totally different. You just can't go by, by body size. If you're, yeah. if you're wanting to, well, there was that one bear too, that was on that episode. That oh, looks stubby. The fattest bear I've ever seen. <laughs> he looks stubby. Just he looked like it's stubby. Covering himself on. in icing sugar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was too cool. I wish we could have showed more of that video because there was so much good content of this bear. Just, just covering himself in this icing it sugar. Was and he was so fat. It was, was it molasses? Yeah. Rubbing his head in it, and yeah, he I was... I just got like a bulk jug of molasses and just rubbed it all over the barrels, and this bear was just kept rubbing his head all over it. And That was super yeah. cool. You know what? Let's actually put that video up right now so you guys can see it. And again, you guys that are listening, you got to go to our YouTube channel to watch this. We're going to be putting more videos up. Um, so yeah, check out this video of the bear just covering himself in molasses. The fattest bear I've ever seen. But... Um, yeah, super cool, man. You know, I've never had a bait where I've had five or six different bears at it. I was actually talking to the local fish and wildlife here, and, um, you know, we, we have bears consistently at it, but usually only a couple, you know, two or three at the most. I've never had, like you said, six different boars. But yeah. this year, last year, what they did with the fire ban, we have a fire ban every year, but last year they allowed you, if you had an active uh, bear license, you can still use your quad in the fire ban as long as you're hunting or baiting. Um, so this year, we're going to try and get some baits that are a little bit farther back 
and try and get a higher density of bears and maybe better quality bears. Because typically we'd always find and set up bait sites that were easy access. We could get the truck to, we could, you know, quad to, or we could hike to easily in case there was a quad ban. But now we're banking on the fact that they're going to still allow us to use our quads if there is a fire ban. So we're going to try and get some fire farther back and, and try and get some, uh, you know, just some better quality and, and more quantities of bears. Well, I think this year there was so many guys baiting. Oh, it was and, unreal. And uh, we noticed just like we were on top of it, probably first guys out in the areas that are we have baits in. Yeah. Right? Like there was no, nobody else had been out before. We had filled up in the snow. And as the season went on, I definitely noticed you know, more quad tracks, more trails in, more signs hanging on trees. And even like your bait that I hunted quite a bit this year, where you took your bear last year, Katie tried to get a bear. Um, we spent a lot of time at that bait and it just seemed like the bears weren't like weren't going into it. They were there. There was two bears that were there every day we weren't there. But anytime we were there, the bears just weren't going. And then we were sitting there one or two evenings and I heard the sound of barrels getting knocked around. And so I just think there was just so many guys in the, in those close, like the road, the road that that particular bait on anyway, is only like a couple kilometers out of town and it's easy to get to. You can drive a truck basically right to the bait. So I just think there were so many guys out this spring with COVID and everything else. Everybody had a bait. Yeah. Almost every kilometer had a sign. It was crazy. And we were just feeding off. Everybody was sharing bears. It was wild. <laughs> even even Brody's bear this spring, like, he shot his bear. And then a guy that set up a bait, like, right next to mine walked in moments after you shot your bear. Yeah, it was crazy because, you know, when we kill something, we've learned that you got to wait. Even if you see that thing go down, you know, you got to give it some time because I don't know how many times you've, I've thought we've killed something. You walk up and, or or you start stomping over there and it's not quite dead and it's full of adrenaline and it barrels, right? And it goes kicked by an elk because of that. Oh, really? I thought it was, I thought he was done. I walked up to him and the back leg just went, nearly took out my knee. No way. Did it go far? No, like I, he might have went like twenty feet. Oh, he was done. And I, I shot him with a rifle within, yeah. within bow range yeah, too. Yeah. And he just dropped, and I stood there for like five minutes. He wow. wasn't moving anymore. Walked up to him, and then he had that last twitching on me. Unreal, took man. So yeah, this one here, we sat there, and you know, we're giving it, giving it twenty, twenty-five minutes, and, uh, and we're like, we hear something. There's bears around here. I look at the camera. Yeah, I look at the camera. I'm like, hey, there's other bears around here. We can hear them coming behind us. You get up the binoculars or something. I heard buckets. You heard buckets? I heard buckets. And I looked over my right shoulder. And so our bait, like that bait is kind of tucked in. We don't use a main trail. We don't use a cut line. There is a trail and a cut line there, but I never used it. We sort of just saunter through the woods, right? We have our own little game trail that gets us into the bait. So the bait's basically just right in the middle of this just random clearing in the trees. But this other guy who liked to, wanted to stick a bait, literally, what would you say, 35, 40 yards from my bait? 
Um, I would maybe say maybe sixty at the most. I'd say, yeah, I'd say fifty yards. Let me meet you halfway. Because like when he, you're when you're in our tree stand, like in the tree stand, you can see his barrels. Yeah. If you had a rifle, you could shoot a bear at his if barrels. If you if you didn't have so many trees in the way, you could arrow a bear at his barrels. Yeah. But, so uh, yeah. and it's, this guy knew. Oh, so, yeah. so Eric set up there? this bait four or five. I got video of us so, going out there five years ago. Yeah, to lay out so to lay out the land. There's uh, it's off of a secondary. It's off the main highway onto a secondary highway. And then years ago, when I set this bait up originally, there was this old abandoned lease that didn't even have gravel on it anymore. So you pulled off the highway, basically down into the ditch, through the ditch in a mud hole, and you could park in this little field of grass if it wasn't too wet. I got stuck probably half a dozen well, you times. you had your Ranger, and I had my black GMC then. So that would have been at least four and a half, five years It was, years yeah, ago. 2016. And we both had our trucks and everything stuck. And Ford I had my Ranger. yellow quad. Yeah, I had a Ford Ranger. Ford Ranger, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was Not that you get confused with Polaris Ranger. No, no Ford yeah. Ranger. No. Ford Ranger. Basically the same vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> One just has air conditioning. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, I thought, you know, great spot. Nobody's gonna use this. There's no access. It's a pain in the ass. You gotta sometimes you gotta park on the shoulder of the goddamn highway, unload your quad right on the highway, and take your bait in. It's a fantastic spot. Lots of bears right yeah. off the bat, right? So I baited it for probably two or three years. And then I went back for the fourth spring, and all of a sudden there's a road here. Mm-hmm. Like right on top of my bait. I'm like, fuck, is my bait gone? Like there's a lease there now, like a big so that was oil 2018. lease. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, shit. Like, they obviously did this in the wintertime, and we don't bait in the fall, so it had been nine months since we'd been there. I go, holy shit, my bait's probably gone. Well, no, it's actually 60 yards in off the edge of this lease, so it's mm-hmm. way better access. But now there's a guy, well, if we go back a little bit, suddenly my ca- one of my camera cards goes missing in, like, the second week of hunting season. No bears yet. Don't have any photos of bears yet. I go to check my camera so for this, the second so, go so around. So there's new road. You found the new road. You found where your bear bait was. You put the barrels out, put a camera out. Yeah, Didn't so, know there was another guy there. Right? No, so I'm using the same spot. So instead of having to park on the highway, I can pull off the highway about 30 yards, park in this lease where there's a pump jack running, a little pump shack, a propane generator, a couple tanks. So I park my truck there, and I can walk straight into the bush instead of off the highway. So it's perfect. It's actually yeah. a great setup. I have my own little game trail in there. And so, yeah, I go and set up my bait, put the barrels out, fill them up for the first time, put a brand new camera up, check the tree stand, do all the stuff. Come back once, no pictures of bear yet, nothing's been hit. I don't know, might have left it a week or so. Still a little early, lots of snow. Come back a second time, week later. Barrel's been hit. No camera card. But I know I didn't take the card out of my camera because there was no bears prior to that. So I'm like, no, this is weird. doesn't make sense. Snow's gone. There's no footprints or anything like that. So whatever. Come back again. There's a truck parked here, like in the same parking spot. Okay, there's obviously somebody else hunting or baiting. Hopefully he's not sitting in my stand. I go and fill this bait up. And uh, for a whole year, basically, not knowing... Then another guy had popped a bait up, literally, what I said, 50, 60 yeah, yards from crazy, my barrels. Man. Stole my camera card originally. So when I did finally figure out that this guy had a bait back there, I went in there, 
sort of looked at, just figured out where it was, what it was. Turns out he basically takes his kitchen garbage and just dumps it in his, in the middle of this little clearing, has a tree stand in the tree, calls it a bear bait. Like he literally has like glass jars on the ground, cans, and you obviously garbage. Had your signs and everything up. Oh, there. I had yeah. signs, and so we run into him last year, and now it's been three <laughs> years since he's basically piggybacked off my bait. Yeah. So we run into him last year. We again are ahead of him, have baited it probably two or three times before we run into him. We're there to bait it. We're filming, and then this guy rolls up, and I recognize the truck. I go, oh, this is Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and so we sort of get ready. We're like, fuck, what's, this is going to be a shit show here. And he gets out of his truck. And he goes, hey, so you guys are the ones baiting back here. And he's like, yeah, I've had this bait for three years or so. And we're like, oh, really? Yeah, no, we've had this bait for five or six years. And and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, yeah, yo, there's lots of bears around. There's plenty of bears to share. You know, we don't need to fight over nothing and this and that and whatever. So... You know, it's kind of weird and sort of yeah. off-putting. And, you know, it's a small town, so it's a local guy. And uh, we go back literally the next week, like maybe three or four days later, to hunt that bait. Yeah, it was early. It was, I think it was like May 1st or May 2nd. It was our like first that. sit. Like, yeah. we hadn't even checked the camera yet. And we think. talked about it, how, you know, if, if we have the opportunity... You know, we pry. I'm like, I don't know if I want to. Well, there was it, there was I a target to, bear. Yeah, there's a target bear, and we we're hunting from the ground, so I want to experience the bears on the ground, right? Um, and so you know, we even talked about like, we're I'd be very torn to if we have a target bear come in to shoot it. So we did a podcast driving driving out there, out there and we did a podcast coming in after, and we combined them, I think. Mm -hmm. Because so we got a bear. Cool. We didn't know we, we got didn't, a bear. Yeah, we didn't really plan on getting a bear. Yeah. But yeah, on that podcast, I remember you saying, like, I'm torn. And then we were driving out there, yeah. actually. We saw our first bear of <laughs> yeah, the year right. in we the were, ditch. It just amped right up. It was it was quite the quite the opening day for us. We were driving after work. Yeah. It was like 4.30. We were late as per usual. Yeah. And yeah. It, oh, we're recording the podcast. Oh, there's a black bear in the ditch. We get there. We sit for what? 45 minutes yeah maybe an hour and target bear walks in hangs out eats for a bit get all the footage we need yeah then brody says well if he comes to the meat pole i'll shoot him so he comes to the meat pole turns yeah, broadside well, I, said. I said you know if i'm gonna shoot on the first day it has to be like 100 percent perfect i'm not gonna take a shot with him behind the barrels or anything yeah. you know sketchy yes this is bear we want but this is day one i want to make sure it's perfect but I will take it because now we're sort of fighting over bears with this other guy. Yeah. You know, and um, I actually spoke with him and, and he told me there was a target bear that it was the only after I've been. A, I have it was a lighter colored one. And so we I have four years of pictures of this bear. So we figured this was the bear. Right. Yeah. And um, this is the one we wanted. And this is the one Eric's watched for several years. Um, and yeah, it came in. So. We had to take it. I'm Shoot so glad it, we did, man. It's the most actually this this is the skull right here. This oh, that's thing. it. Yeah, this is it. Oh man, that that's bigger than I yeah, thought. Yeah, it, it was. Be. It uh, went 18, didn't it? Uh, it was just shy 19. I, I think it was the exact same size as my first archery bear, which was like 18 and seven eighths or right around there. So yeah, setting no. the bar high right off the hop. Eh? Yeah, yeah. And, it's not glued and, together, top and bottom. And the cinnamon. But, uh, yeah yeah 
I sort of stole it from Eric. But. No, man. It's all yours. <laughs> I, I said from the beginning, I said, I don't have the luck that if we go and sit there and I'm the one with the trigger in my hand, yeah. I don't have the luck. That bear's not going to come in. Yeah. But if you <laughs> if you have the bow in your hand, that yeah. bear's going to come in. And sure enough. Yeah. No, so I the spot that I bait has been baited for 25 years. Oh, really? That's why there's wow. so many bears around there. And a lot of these bears <laughs> just grew up on the bait it's established so yeah. they don't you can walk right past them yeah some of these bears don't even care that no you're there way. oh this guy he looked us in the eye yeah and he just sort of gave us a wink and went yeah. to his beaver yeah and that was the last so, he ever that was the last decision he made unfortunately yeah there was an outfitter i guess he's been baiting there for 25 years roughly and there's another guy on the same cut line who's been there for roughly 15 years Holy smokes. They keep all their signs in the bush. Okay. Because they don't want anybody that's just out quadding to, to know them. that to know yeah. that there's baits, you mm -hmm. know, in this direction in the bush. Yeah. So they keep their they keep their signs kind of tucked away. And so I, I'm torn so, on signs because I, I almost think I have a mindset where I have I have faith that if someone sees a sign, they aren't gonna go stumbling in. They aren't gonna go check out a fucking see. And site. I yeah. think the exact. And you think opposite. the opposite? Where I think, like I know me, man. If I see a fucking and you guys are probably the same, but I guess there's people out there where if they see someone stand, they're gonna go sit in it. Yeah, yeah. I if I see it, but I'll go in there and kind of check, check it, it out. out. Yeah, see I mean, what well, they got going on. You wouldn't hmm. set up a bait right beside another bait. No, and knowingly right? so, so. That's why I yeah. like to have my signs at the very start of the trail, you know, several, you know, throughout the trail, then in the bush. Yeah. So if anyone's around there, they're going to see, oh, someone baits here. I'm not going to go set up a bait, you know, in if, this area. If I was to guess on our particular situation of that asshole neighbor of ours, <laughs> I would guess. I don't that think he, we've called him that on air before. Well, he, that's what he is. <laughs> I would guess that he probably figured, well, here's a bait that's established yeah and it probably gets baited every couple weeks because that's most that's usually what people get get out to do it but i'm very particular about getting out there twice a week yeah like that is like my secret to success sure. to keeping the bears there keep your barrels full yeah no matter if it's buns if it's goddamn popcorn if it's all you got give them something because as soon as that barrel's empty they're gonna go to buddy's bait yeah and I would do that to a bait that doesn't have a pickpocket on it, mm -hmm. right? And so I'm thinking, he was like, here's a bait. I'll piggyback off oh, it. It'll That's be super easy. Yeah. Guy's probably not around a whole lot. Yeah. Meanwhile, three, two years in a row, I sat just about every day he was sitting, mm -hmm. plus more where he wasn't there. And I'm sure he, he might have sat days I wasn't sitting. But I don't know. Just the fact that... I just lose total respect for anybody that, first of all, steals a camera card. Yeah. Second of all, knowingly sets up a bait within bow range of another bait. Thirdly, you're just poisoning your goddamn bears. There's a lot of strikes there. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, just throwing garbage on the ground, yeah. man. That's not how you bait bears. Yeah, yeah, so no. when I was looking for a place to originally set up a bait, everything gets so muddy. And so skaggy. And I didn't want a spot where I needed to bring my quad every single time. Yeah. So we went out scouting that spring, looking for a place that was dry, 
that we can get the truck down and we can hike our bait in. So we found this spot. You know, we went down this cut line, looked around. Yeah, it looks like nobody's been here. Found a nice little spot, went in. We built a full-blown tree stand and everything. Had bears on day one, April 1st. I was all excited, had them posted up on social media. This guy comments on the post. Yeah, well, that's because my bait's 100 yards away from yours. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, no. So I tracked this guy, messaged him or whatever. He ended up being an all right guy. Yeah. Like, he was understanding. He's been hunting that area for 15 years. He's super picky, and and he kind of, you know, welcomed me to the area, told me what's going on around there, and he, did, he didn't mind too much as long as I didn't give it away. So how did you find out spot. that that bait or that... So was it his bait that has so been running for like, 25 he's years? He's on the opposite side of the cut of line. The cut line. So okay. he's just straight across from me. Tucked in. So the, he knew from your photos where your bait was. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so your bait, you don't quad do it or side he, by side he's do it. He found my bait. Oh, okay. So he's seen my bait because I had signs posted like right out on the cut line. Oh, okay. Right? So when he went to fill his bait like a yeah. week later, he's seen my sign. Yeah. Right? Or whenever it was that he was there, he seen he seen my sign, went and looked at the name, and then we're on the same Facebook, I Alberta see. Hunting Addicts. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, and his, your his, name's uh, on it, so that's it. Exactly. Yeah. So then he's like, oh, this is the guy who's right across from me. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, but we talked. He's an all right guy. He doesn't mind me being there, and we share photos and everything, too. Yeah. And, like, last year, I had a target bear. He picked a different one, so we each kind of had our targets. Yeah. And we were respectful enough not to shoot each other's bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it worked out. But the outfitter, now he's further down the cut line. Okay. But because of COVID, he hasn't been there for, what, like two years now? Or oh, something. really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So he hasn't even bothered with it. And so how far are you off of, you know, the nearest road, basically? Like, how far do you hike in? Uh, Must be about 400 yards. Well, that's not too bad. And what are you using for bait? Gummy bears and popcorn. Yeah, I <laughs> use a lot. Ranchers. I use a lot of popcorn yeah. and dog food. Oh, dog food! Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, great. They yeah, love that's dog like crack. Food. That's yeah. awesome. And then kind of to get like a like a that smell in the air, like yeah. a nice sweet smell. I use molasses and Jello powder. Okay. Yeah. And uh, vanilla extract and a little spray bottle. And I'll just kind of mist that around everywhere yeah. on the days that I'm sitting. Yeah. Yeah interesting yeah you you uh after reviewing all your footage you use a lot of different stuff you know i've always sort of just kept it to as minimal and basic yeah. as possible but um well it's like fun. that vanilla extract might it's yeah. got to have something oh man we raid the fucking kitchen every time we go yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like what can we take yeah like i, li- I like trying new things expired too. lime juice <laughs> meal <laughs> molasses gravy whatever well, we were we were trying to get some molasses for this year i'm um, getting like a 55 gallon drum of it so we have a, a good quantity of it um i'm already starting to get bread i got the local bakery i've got like i haven't tried bread for bread's good so already my my sort of thinking with bear baiting is like you have a triangle you need like a filler a scent yeah and then like something that they actually really want to eat yeah yeah so you need your meat. 
yeah. like a beaver. You have to have a beaver. Yeah, if you want a successful sure, bait, man. you want do you want the target bears? You gotta have a beaver. Yeah, never because a beaver. you've never no, hung really? a beaver. Never. Because Buddy's hanging a fucking beaver. The guy yeah. that's got a that's bait beside that, you, yeah. he's got a beaver. So that bear's going to his bait first to get that beaver. If you watch, every if you have a beaver hanging, the bear will totally ignore the barrel. He'll go for the beaver first. Every yeah. single time. If there's guts laid on the ground, he won't look at the beaver. He'll get the guts and then he'll come back for the beaver. Yeah. They just it's like candy to them. So you gotta have a beaver and you gotta have filler. So Popcorn. Either buns, popcorn, um, oats are really oats are great. great. Yeah, dog food. Whatever you can that's cheap. If you can fill three quarters of a 55-gallon drum, that's what you need to a do. A lot of the times you can get uh, <coughs> fire dog food from your local shelter. Mm-hmm. So they'll get oh, food really? donated to them. But then when it's so far gone, they oh, won't even man. use it anymore. Yeah. Cut that off right now because <laughs> I'm going to go to my local dog <laughs> shelter. I never even thought of that. Yeah. You'll notice, too, with uh, Big Bear's... Like and I worked really? for uh, I worked for a guy up north, and we his mixture was uh, fryer grease from the local uh, restaurant, oats rolled oats and molasses and um, dog food, and so when we mixed it, you just mix it in a barrel like we'd get it'd be half half and then oil, and you mix it with a big shovel, and then you just take buckets and fill your other barrels at your bait oh, with the okay. buckets. But if you had a big bear at your bait, yeah. you'd see all these little piles of oats on the ground. And so what they do, this guy never ran cameras because he had like 40 baits going. So what the big bears would do, the mature bears, they'd lay down with a pile of food. And with one toenail, they'd pick out each piece of dog food yeah. and eat all the dog food. Wow. And then push all the piles of oats to the side. No shit. There'd be little, like, little, like, seed we, piles of oats. We have footage of that. On really? our last episode, while on my bear hunt there, okay, yeah, the bear was picking the gummy bears out of the oats yep. with a, with one wow. freaking claw. Yeah. We had a yeah. roller barrel, yeah, and he was he'd roll that around. All the oats would come out, and yeah. he would lay down and just pick the gummy bears, yeah. gummy bears out of the oats. Yeah. That's and wild. a young bear, especially if it's a controlled bait, a young bear will just go there. And just eat the pile. Mm-hmm. He'll just fill up as much as he can because he knows he's gonna. He's about to get he his only ass has kicked. So much time. Yeah. yeah, I can only fill my belly so much. But an older bear, the one that controls the situation, he'll just lay there. Yeah. I got photos of bears like sitting against a deep-rooted tree, like it's a lawn chair, yeah. <laughs> just eating snacks. Like it's the most comfortable, uh, most comfortable situation for them. Yeah. No, I'm pumped up, man. I love just watching them. It's so much fun. Well, to, so going know, to back to the guy, you know, your friendly neighbor there. Yeah. <laughs> so I had something similar. Nothing was stolen, but this guy thought it was friggin' Mission Impossible. He was, or he was G.I. Joe or something. So I went and pulled all my cards. This was already a week after spring bear had closed i went and pulled all my cards all my cameras and everything yeah went home threw them into the computer i started going through pictures here's these guys on the last week of spring bear season using my bait oh really using my tree stand wow and they put white sheets over my cameras i had four cameras in this bait this guy comes in wearing like woodland military camo wow face mask on 
And I have pictures of him walking to my other cameras and throwing Did white he get all four? and throwing white sheets. No, there, he missed one camera. <laughs> <laughs> so I I exposed them. Like yeah, yeah. Did you come did on? Man. Any idea? Did you figure out who it was? Yeah. Oh really? So he, Holy he, smokes! <laughs> yeah. So I had posted it on social media, and I guess some ex coworkers oh, yeah. of this guy ended up messaging me. It was kind of and funny. Go, I know who crazy, I know who man. this guy is. So yeah. what happened? Did you like confront him or anything? No, I. Yeah. That uh, the this buddy guy of ours apparently wasn't even allowed to own rifles, and oh, there, was, really? there was just some oh, sketchy stuff. Probably just was, shouldn't have been. I hunting. was told yeah. just yeah, you might not want to confront this guy. Yeah. This friend of ours, he started getting trying to get a hold of family members oh, of yeah, yours yeah, yeah. to find out what bear you killed and yeah. when you oh, killed man. it and oh <laughs> yeah like bugging him he was pissed <laughs> yeah so there was like three guys on my bait using my tree stands that's and crazy had pictures of them walking around sitting up there and <laughs> see i've never ever had anybody on as far as i know any actually other than a few fish and wildlife officer friends came in last year and yeah, you know, right. they're just, I had, I told them where my bait was and they went and checked it out and whatever else. But uh, other than that, I've never had anyone even come into the baits on my deer spots. I had, I had a few people on a camera like four or five years ago. And as soon as I seen people, I'm like, Kate, that camera is, it's moving. Yeah. You next know, spot. if there's, yeah, next spot, if there's people on there, we got to go where the people aren't and where the deer yeah. are. Um, but yeah, the thing with Fort McMurray is there's so many people living up there, and not many places to go. You can go a little places, bit north, and yeah. you're just gonna hit all the sites. Exactly. Or, you know, you got one way south. Yeah. Where around here, you know, we get a lot of people from the city and a lot of people from all over the place, just because we've got, you know, we're sort of the nearest major town with uh good hunting access, oil field access, logging. oil field access. Yeah. You know, south, north. There's a lot of land to cover. And um, so we get a lot of people from Edmonton, Calgary, Red Deer, all over the place. But, um, you know, it isn't too, too bad. Um, well, there's a lot of old stuff that just isn't accessed by people that aren't local. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of stuff that's kind of closed off that people just don't know about, doesn't yeah. show up on maps. But those main roads, like like south of town where we used like I haven't gone there in two years now. They used to be my stomping grounds just because just the amount of people every day i don't hunt south mitsu in the fall that's what i mean yeah like, because i haven't been there in two years because i hunt there in the spring for bears and that's where we've seen all the grizzlies and it's usually decent we've killed a lot of bears back there um but in the fall for deer and stuff we don't even bother because it's so it's just, polluted it's like with the people. wild west mm. yeah and then same with north of town like Martin Hills area, it's really bad for people. Like camps all over the place, and so we totally avoid. So those who places. deals with nuisance bears here in town? Fish and wildlife. Is it fish and wildlife. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So up in Fort Mac and the sites, there's actually a company called Bear Scare. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few contractor companies in the province. Yeah. So they yeah they're a contractor. So these sites hire them to yep. relocate these bears. Yeah. And I might have figured out where they're relocating. Oh them. really? <laughs> A lot of them are tagged. Oh, okay. And yeah, they're yeah. big. Really? There are some big bears that just been living on these sites forever. Hmm. And a friend of mine shot two of them. Wow. Back to back with like within ten minutes apart, both oh, no of them way. measured over twenty. Holy oh. smokes. Yeah. 
So wow. he was in a tree stand for the first one. He watched them both come in. In his bait site? Yeah. Okay. Fight over the bait. One took off. He arrowed the f- one that was still there. Yeah. Climbed out of the tree stand. <laughs> no way. Went to go check it out. Here comes the second one. Comes charging in. Holy smokes. And he still managed to set up his camera. Yeah. And then arrow the second bear. Wow. And they're both like 10 feet apart dead. Measured over 20 inches. Holy And smokes. both had tags crazy, in them, man. so they're relocated. Did he, uh, okay, so they So were the tags they had, the were they just do not eat tags on the ear? I'm or not sure they? what they said. I think it was they weren't collars, though. No, no, they were just, yeah, a just little ear tags, tags with a number eat. on it. I'm guessing that, that contractor company might have used them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've shot, well, not me personally, but I've been a part of two bears with ear tags. And yeah, they just say do not eat. I think you can. I think there's a way to look the number up. I'm sure. Why would it say do not eat? Just because they tranquilize them. So what what they want you to do, I think we phoned the first time it happened. What they want you to do is basically just call. And then they say, oh, that bear was tranquilized four years ago. So you could probably eat it, but we recommend not eating it. But if it was mm. tranquilized like six months ago, they'd say, absolutely, do not yeah, eat that bear. Eat What's going to happen? Are you going to fall asleep? Well, <laughs> <laughs> nobody, I think it's just government liability kind of shit. Sure. You right. go to have a steak and it's like eating five sleeping pills? Yeah. I've only have, I only ever have seen one collared bear and we almost shot it and it just didn't work out. But uh, that was a guided, that was way up north. I was guiding at the time, and yeah. yeah, it was a small bear, but it had a very distinct collar. The neck was all worn on it. Man, those collars. We it's got to be hard on them, man. We got a cougar in, and the, then the whole neck was like no hair where the collar was. And um, I think the collars are supposed to break They're off supposed to, yeah. uh, at some point, like mm-hmm. just release. I don't know, with pressure or over time or what it is. But yeah, this thing, it was killed with the collar. And um, the guy actually wanted the collar for the mount. He's like, man, it had the collar on it. You know, why don't we put it on? The neck's fucked. Um, what we're going to do is we're actually, it's going to be lying down. We're going to tilt the head down so it's looking down on a on a limb. And so we'll, we'll hide most of it pretty darn good. But um, yeah, it's just th- that cat had to have been in, in a bit of pain with how tight that collar was and how much it worn well, down there. An annoyance, neck. yeah. Yeah. This was one that was brought in your shop? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, decent sized cougar too. But uh, yeah, no, it's from what he told me is they're supposed to let go, but this one just didn't. Hmm. But um, it's neat to get those animals with collars and tags and stuff like that just to see a history of them. Now you yeah. did some waterfowl hunting last year, right? Yeah, Have we've you... never got any banded birds no. or anything like that. And the outfitter, I asked him, they don't get many banded birds. I heard they don't do that like, um, much anymore. Oh, I'm not too sure. Well, didn't I know in the states? Wasn't Joel saying that it was basically they were just not over like the main flyway? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so they just don't get like those birds that get captured all the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, the ones that are flying real long distances that are covering a lot of ground, there's more opportunity for them to be tagged because they're covering so much ground. And these are like more like resident birds. Yeah, you know, they might be flying to, you know, the the northern parts of the states and and back up and just not covering a whole ton of ground like some of the real heavy migrators. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know. Yeah, I haven't done too much waterfowl hunting. We did uh, one year. There was this pond close to town 
It's probably about forty-five minute drive south. Yeah, and it was just full of ducks. Oh, really? All day long, and they were just compiling in in the evenings. Yeah. and we're like, man, we should get into duck hunting. Yeah, yeah. So we went and got a shotgun, got the decoys, got all set up. We killed a lot of ducks that year. Oh, really? The next year we had a drought, oh, and no. uh, the water levels were so low, and all you know, all the grass, the pond grass or whatever just filled the whole area oh wow and it just grew really tall yeah and the next year we had a bunch of rain but it it didn't help like it just interesting you couldn't get out there you couldn't see anything yeah like yeah. even if the ducks came in and landed you would you can't see nothing wow so yeah. that uh yeah it was only that one year that i hunted ducks it's fun I, man you know when you got a, a flock of like 15 or, or or 50 ducks like 10 or 15 geese or 20 geese or whatever it is it's a lot of fun you know you're with a few other guys and it's not like an elk hunt where you know you might have this only one chance and you know you're hunting your ass off for five or six days for one moment one opportunity yeah. where you know a duck and goose hunt is, is a lot more laid back you're gonna have a lot of opportunities typically um you know that's the hunt i usually do with my dad and my brother they aren't they aren't really hunters. So I brought them out on that one in 2019. And then last year we went as well. And yeah, it's just more of a laid back, you know, not high intensity, not, you know, high stress or anything like that, where, you know, some of those moose and elk hunts and even deer hunts, man, they can be, they can be stressful and they can be, you know, um, taxing where, where something like this is, is sort of laid back and it's a lot of fun when you have a lot of action the second day we're out this year we killed one bird like it was bad really wow. really bad it was just the conditions just weren't good and we just happened to be in the wrong spot and that's the thing with those you guys had a lot of gun issues too though yeah we did yeah like we the did. whole group it wasn't just one guy either yeah tim had two different guns and he was having issues and and my Your gun i was having issues with ammunition yeah. and my gun and and yeah so it just uh it, but it was such a cold cold weekend for the for the date like it typically isn't as cold as it was so conditions just weren't great and um the thing with where we're, where you're hunting is it's just, you know, there's so much agriculture where the geese could just land, you know, yeah, we were watching, order we were watching thousands of birds order. every day. Land it was beside just, us. Yeah. It was just whether or not they're coming into Yeah. Us. And then, so the next day we'd go to, you know, that spot or, or near it and then mm. they'd be in the other field. Right. So yeah. you're sort of playing cat and mouse, but the year prior, uh, we just slayed them. Like it was nonstop. It got so, intent like the action was was so plentiful that my dad just had to say you know what guys i'm done <laughs> he couldn't keep getting up and, up and down because his knee was bad and and the ducks just kept coming so uh no it's a lot of fun i'll probably do it again this year um, i don't think it's something i would invest a ton of money in for a trailer and decoys yeah. and this and that well um, some guys get right into it oh they do yeah. You know, I love my elk hunting too much and my deer hunting and moose hunting, and that consumes my September and October. You know, we sort of struggle to find three days or two days to do the waterfowl hunt just because yeah. September and early it's hard. October it's hard are, to it's it's hard to put three days on birds. Even in too, September, right? And October. so he, they keep telling us they're like, "Come in September, come in September," but like it's so tough. So we always <laughs> end up going in October, 
is October, you know, middle of October is sort of like a, almost sort of a lull for, yeah. for elk and moose. And I could deer, probably do right? October, but September, I know, I, it's I'm tough. so and booked that's up the in thing, September. Man. Yeah. Like, I'm not a, way. I'm not a waterfall guy. There's and, not a minute to spare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mountain hunting is my priority now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, but yeah, like even up, uh, up north around Fort McMurray, because you got all the, uh, oil fields. Yeah. So they got tailings, ponds, and 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 uh, reckland. What do they call it? But yeah, they're just all over site. There's just these these tailings ponds from from when they were excavating and all that. And the ducks were landing in there. Oh, okay. And I guess there was an issue a long, long time ago where a bunch of them died. Mm-hmm. So now all these sites got. Uh, gas cannons oh really to keep the ducks from landing and Holy it's been just shit. like every year there's been less and less and less landing around fort max yeah so now it's yeah it's just gone to shit you oh, okay you gotta drive probably four hours to yeah. get anywhere where you can do some waterfowl hunting now. yeah yeah so I'm... what's the closest agriculture to you like wandering river area wandering river but is there? But much those for... guys, those property owners, get pressured so yeah. bad that they won't give anybody permission. Anymore. I was gonna say yeah. even like the Athabasca area, there's so much pressure. Yeah. But there is decent waterfowl in that area. Yeah. No, and around here, um, you know, the river systems. I know some guys hunt them. Mm-hmm. They'll get you know little aluminum boats or whatever canoes and even drift down them. But, um, but yeah, you know, I like, like something like that. If I'm only going to go for two or three days, I would almost rather, you know, go with an outfitter who's going to, you know, take you to the spots and, and yeah, exactly. get everything ready. Um, you know, I wouldn't do that for deer cause I enjoy spending all season trying to kill a deer. But when it comes to, you know, duck or goose hunting, especially when you're bringing someone along, it's, it's easier having a good outfitter and, and guide with you. But, um, yeah, a lot of fun to be had this year, guys. We haven't really, you know, we've dabbled a little bit into hunting with wolf and, and yeah. cougar and lynx hunting. But, um, you know, the, the most exciting stuff is uh, is uh, is ahead of us here. So Yet to come. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, bear season can never come quick enough. Bear season's always, you know, yeah, I'm I, I hate to this. say it's my favorite part time of year, but it, it it's definitely up there just because... You know, you got long days, you got nice weather. No um, bugs. The, you know, bugs aren't too bad. They can be as you yeah, know, later on. Be. But just the fact that, you know, you're sitting, you know, when you, the thing with deer and you're sitting in a blind or a tree stand, um, you can't itch your freaking ear and they're going to be gone, right? Where, where bears, it's a little more relaxed and there might be, a few around to watch and uh you know they're just a ton of fun and real neat neat creature creatures and uh yeah i can't wait it's gonna be a, a fun one this uh i always hate this time of year you know the christmas basically christmas to bear season yeah it's, it's a it's a tough time of year yeah you know fill the gaps with some wolf baiting a little bit of fishing if you can horse shopping yeah horse <laughs> shopping yeah well that's it you shopping. guys just got a whole lot busier yeah so yeah. Yeah. Still waiting for that nice weather though. You know, the ice can the ice can go away and the cold wind can go away and uh make a lot a lot of things a lot easier. Man, I drilled a hole into the ice on Sunday and my auger was an inch away from not making it. Yeah, we're probably right about three feet, eh? 
We were my it took my whole auger, so it was four feet. What's a what's an auger mm, length? Well, four feet would be lots. Yeah, thirty six. Thirty six, so three feet. Three then, feet yeah. yeah. Like I was just there, yeah. just freaking there. We uh most of the, most of the time come March we have to put the extension on our auger. Yeah. Yeah. But it and then it goes away quite quick. It like doesn't once, take long. No, once you get into, you know, your first week of April, you got it's gone in a month or three weeks. Yeah. So. Well, and the river stays open all year round, right? So that helps. Yeah. It's, it it just chews away at it. Yeah. The nice thing is this side of the lake is always open first because that because of the river. Yeah. Right. It. Uh, yeah. By May long weekend, it's pretty safe to get out there with a the boat. Yeah. And that's when fishing season opens, I believe, isn't it? Fifteenth. Yeah, right around there. For the lake. But we're hunting then, anyways. We're so. hunting. Yeah, <laughs> we don't even start fishing until June. Once yeah. once the end of May rolls around, bear hunting's pretty much getting too slow. Yeah, bears are getting rubbed. They're starting to rut, spread out. It's no time for fishing. June, July, August. I'm in the mountains. Yeah. There you go, man. <laughs> Looking well, for where I'm going to be going. If I <laughs> if I got 45 minutes, I'll go fishing. That's the yeah. nice thing about living here. Well, and you're you're right on the lake, basically. Yeah. Yeah, we usually uh, I usually like to take a trip down to Rock Lake. Yeah, that's a nice park. I like to go to the mountains at least once once in the summer. Sort of gets ready for gets you ready for sheep season. Nice campground out there. No cell service. Peace and quiet. You're right on a lake in the yeah. mountains. That no cell service is something else, man. <laughs> it's something else. Yeah. Well, guys, let's wrap her up. That was a awesome podcast i enjoy having you here manny yeah it was good it's to be back a treat man and uh, yeah i hope you guys enjoyed it you know this is uh the first one that we're actually recording with the video i'm gonna throw it up online for you to watch so thank you all so much for watching or listening whatever you're doing and uh stay tuned for the next one yeah if these go well we might eventually get a makeup lady yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're makeup, gonna need makeup one. person <laughs> we're gonna need one awesome guys thanks so much cheers